John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from all the Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the river Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. The word of the Lord. Loving and gracious God, we ask that you be with us and that your word may stir our imaginations and through our imagination shape our souls. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. In the waters of Brazil, there lives a fish with two sets of lenses on each eye the anableps tethrophalmus, tethrophalmus. So you can imagine a fish with big protruding eyes on the top of a flat head, and it swims right at the surface of the water so that the eyes are half in the water and half out. It can see above the water and underwater both at the same time. It's like a bobber that we used to fish with as a kid, where half is under and half is above. So this fish can see two very different worlds at once, the world of the air and birds and sky and the insects that hop across the surface of the water, as well as underwater where the light is more diffuse. That fish's eyes can adjust to both at the same time. Well, we too have two sets of lenses to see the world. With one set, we see the tangible things that we can touch and feel, the ordinary world of time and space and matter and energy, we also have another set of lenses to see the world of the spirit, the sacred, the world of sacraments. And sacrament is translated from the Latin meaning sacred plus mystery. We have eyes on our souls through which to behold 
the mysteries of God's presence in the world. Now, like the Brazilian fish, we swim in two worlds, the world of the things and the world infused with the sacred. The Brazilian fish doesn't even know that he has these lenses, and so forgetting about them is not an issue. But we often forget that we have spiritual lenses. They're like reading glasses sometimes, where you put them down and you've lost them, and you have to go and find them and put them back on to be able to see. So I think we are a little like the people in our story from Acts, when they were asked if they were acquainted with the Holy Spirit, and they did not even know that the Spirit existed. No one had ever told them that they had eyes on their hearts and souls with which to see the presence of God. Now, the Apostle Paul happens to be an expert in the Holy Spirit. Paul, at one time in his life, when he was called Saul, was a very religious man. And he became so caught up in his religion that he lost sight of God. And he began to participate in jailing and murdering the followers of Jesus. There's a famous story about how his life was changed when he was riding on a horse on the road to Damascus, which was the road to obtain the authority to imprison more followers of Jesus, to bind them in chains and bring them back. But as he was going, his horse stopped, and he heard a voice, and a blinding light knocked him off of his horse and off of that road, and he was taken in by those he sought to kill. They nurtured him in fear. They fed him. They harbored him. And one day, something like scales fell from his eyes, and he recognized that what he was doing was wrong. His eyes were open, and he saw that the people he wanted to kill were people of courage and compassion who had important things to say about God's love and the teachings of Jesus. His heart was open to the love of strangers and forgiveness of God for all of the terrible things that he had done. Voice and light are metaphors for talking about the Spirit of God. That which stopped Paul's murderous anger. And when he spoke about it, he could only talk about it as something very real that happened to him that opened him to a new way of being. That was the Spirit of God. So Paul, being this expert in the Holy Spirit and how the Spirit has made such a difference in who he is, given him a new name and a new identity as one of the champions of Jesus and his love, we can imagine Paul's surprise when he meets these students of Jesus and he asks them if they have received the Holy Spirit and they said, we didn't even know that there is a Holy Spirit. We've never heard 
of the Holy Spirit. Now, we don't know if Paul was horrified or if he was delighted and excited to be able to teach them about the Holy Spirit. He said, you were baptized into John, and that's a start. That baptism of turning your life around was just to get ready for the one who is more powerful, the one full of the Holy Spirit, who confounded the teachers of the law and healed people's soul and granted forgiveness and love those who were thought to be ugly and untouchable. And Jesus did all of this by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is like breath. It's like the wind all around you. I think that if Paul were here today, he might say something like, have you ever heard God's voice in the thunder over the mountain? The awesome power that reminds you that there is something so much bigger than all that is? and been in awe and maybe even a little afraid, and yet at the same time comforted. And we are not alone. Have you ever heard God whisper in the buzz of a bumblebee saying, look, look at this beautiful flower. God says by the Spirit, I made that for you. Have you ever heard the cry of a child and known that that is the Holy Spirit alive in our midst? The voice of new life crying out and saying, I am here, world, I am here. Have you ever been on the metro and just sat there and suddenly known that you were somehow connected with all the people around you and that they were a part of you and that you were a part of them. Have you ever experienced a sudden aha moment like Paul when you understood that you were wrong or felt the relief of being forgiven or just as wonderful the freedom of forgiving someone else? Have you ever experienced the burning in your heart? Maybe ignited by something that made you so angry? But then it becomes a passion that lights a fire not to consume, but to give energy and light and fuel to love even stronger and to have even more courage to hope and to mobilize, to organize for action or prayer or phone calls or marching? Or hang t-shirts or adopt a refugee family? There is a Holy Spirit and that's it. The voice, the fire, the light, the connection, it's all the presence of the Spirit. 
And when Paul has taught all of these things to his students, he baptizes them. And again, that sacrament that combines sacred and mystery, the sacrament that is that visible sign of an invisible grace, the water creation, the beginning. It is the water from which God called forth light and life. It is the water inside of us. It is the water of our mother's womb. Paul baptizes these students in the name of Jesus and the spirit comes upon them. God opens the eyes of their souls and they speak in new ways. They speak with a courage in the language of the spirit and of the prophets who tell truth to power. We know that spirit in the man we remember this weekend who said, and I quote Martin Luther King Jr., by opening our lives to God in Christ, we become new creatures. This experience which Jesus spoke of as new birth is essential if we are to be transformed nonconformists. Only through an inner spiritual transformation do we gain the strength to fight vigorously the evils of the world in a humble and loving spirit. There is a holy spirit. I went to the movies yesterday. And standing by the ticket taker, a boy came up and said, hey, we are seeing a 3D movie. Aren't we supposed to get some glasses? Of course, you know in 3D movies, the special glasses help you see the full effect of looking deep into space or seeing the asteroid fly out of the screen right into your face. The ticket taker handed the boy the plastic wrapped glasses and the boy turned to his friends and yelled, hey, you have to ask for them. We don't have to ask. We already have spiritual lenses to see God far out in the heavens, above and beyond the universe, and to see God right as close as the hand we hold or the breath we take. Now, it does take some practice kind of spiritual practice that we do at church. Reading the sacred stories that open the eyes of our souls to imagination and shape how we see the world, the songs and the prayers that wash over our bodies and souls, that give us a vocabulary of speech, participating in the sacraments, the sacred mystery of food and drink, and fellowship of Christ that can help us see all meals as a sacred sharing. And fun with water. The sacred mystery of life and death and new life. The more we practice, the more we know. We are promised that God is all around us. God is in us, and that we are something like an anableps tetraplodus. 
I'd like to close with prayer, and what I would like everyone to do is just take your hand and put it on your forehead where you were baptized. And you can close your eyes and just let this prayer wash over you. Dear God, thank you for giving me eyes to see the presence of your spirit in my life. Open now the eyes of my soul and help me see the power of your Holy Spirit in my life and in the world. Amen.